Welcome to episode 59 of the NeverEnding Glory Podcast. And after about 30 minutes of technical difficulties, we are back finally. It's been a couple weeks off, but this is essentially the kickoff to season two of the NeverEnding Glory Podcast. We are joined by not only myself, Luke Grilly, but also Jerry Burris and the brothers Dustin. And we are ready to talk NFL draft tonight. It is Monday night, so the drafts of three short days away. Gentlemen, are you excited for the draft? We're locked in. Yeah, 71 hours. Off. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> 71 hours, but who's counting? Well, hopefully we'll be able to get this uh, episode recorded within 71 hours. The way that uh, Bill Gates set up my Microsoft service, my computer keeps shitting the bed. But we'll we'll power through this, make sure we get our listeners the hot sports take they need uh, to get ready for the NFL draft. Hopefully their favorite team uh, comes out of the draft winners. And gentlemen, you guys are all Browns fans, so this is essentially your Super Bowl. Are you guys ready for this? This is Christmas Day. Every- it's it's all wrapped up into one. This is the Super Bowl for the brothers Dustin. <laughs> I'm just excited Luke. to get no more um, Tony Grossi and Mary Kay Cavett articles. I, I can't take it anymore, Mark. Oh, you mean you mean trade trade the first overall pick for Jimmy Garoppolo, then take Mitch Trubisky twelfth overall? Those aren't good takes. Yeah, yeah, yeah that. Oh, yeah. I forgot about and, that one. That was a doozy. That's legendary. And I can't and I can't wait for the next phase of that crap when we have to read these grades that they have when a guy hasn't even played it down and everyone gets a B minus at least a minus. I really like what they did here. Yeah. All crap. Well, and then what the Browns have is cause we have so many rookies is we get rookie mini camp and then we get these, these, you know, crack, which staff. is our normal mini camp, by the way. Yeah. Well, our crack staff of reporters <laughs> on the beat that are breaking down, you know, pads with shorts or uh, practices with no pads and shorts and T-shirt, and maybe they'll wear, they'll wear shells. So, you know, if they come out on time or not, uh, that that's that's the illustrious journalist um, deep dive that we've got here in, in Berea. They look fast in pads. They look fast in pads. They yeah, always you got to love that. They always yeah, do. Yeah, fun- fittingly do. enough, Tony Grocery's got a great breakdown from the eighth green, whatever <laughs> course he's at on a given day. So, um, as you can see, uh, the Cleveland fans are beaten and broken for all their media coverage in Northeast Ohio. But, Sean, listen, you know what you're talking about. You've been posting your mock drafts once every couple weeks or whenever a milestone happens, like the Combine or Pro Days. And now that we're a few days away, we just released on Twitter at Glory Podcast. And, of course, on Facebook, uh, just check us out, Never Ending Glory Podcast. We have listed your or posted your, your most recent mock drafts uh, your first and second round and that's really the crux of what we're going to be talking about tonight uh sprinkled into the mock drafts making sure that we we'll always stay competitive and find a way to be degenerates mark and i do have some over under bets that i'll be releasing on social media as well and we'll be sure to touch upon those on over unders based on where players are drafted on thursday friday and saturday but let's get into the draft and starting at the top I mean, are the Browns going to do anything other than take Miles Garrett first overall? Because the Trubisky rumors are coming out now. I'm hoping that's just, I don't know what the hell that is, but are they taking Miles Garrett first overall? Sean? Yes. I, I can't see a scenario where they don't. I really can't. Yeah, it, 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 it sounds extremely foolish to me if they go any other direction. I think they go. floated. I think they floated the quarterback stuff maybe a week or two weeks ago, just to get a feel for things. And if there was any takers to try and you know come up for Garrett, um, there was the whole Tennessee thing, five and eighteen. I, I, I just I think it was part of the process, the due diligence, if you will. 
they are there's such a resounding take Garrett nationally that it, I think if they didn't and he's a anything what he his potential could be, they're going to look like complete idiots yet again. Yeah. Right. No, I agree with that take. I think that uh, you're right. They're trying to maybe drum up trade interest, see if they can get some solid value. Because while everything I've read is Miles Garrett could be the next DeMarcus Ware, um, maybe that's not the upper echelon player that the Browns are hoping to get at first overall. Maybe they think they can get better value at 5 and 18. But I agree with you. Where's a Hall of Famer? no, let's stay on track here, guys, is, and let's just go over the basics of this, okay? <laughs> First and foremost, they're not floating anything. That's a dumb take. They're not floating anything. How about this? The No one knows. They don't want anyone to know. If you're Sashi Brown and you're Andrew Barry and you're all of these guys, you're getting the guys in the room and you're saying to them, no one knows a word about what we do. We're not floating crap. We're not here to deal with the media. They haven't spoken to the media. The media is clueless. They're not floating anything. They're not doing anything stupid. They know they're taking Miles Garrett. This shows you that no one has no idea what we're doing because the Browns won't even release that we're taking Miles Garrett at one. So that tells you what you need to know about 12, what you need to know about 33. The Browns aren't going to say nothing. It's a new regime. This is how they're going to do it. And I appreciate it because who cares what the media thinks on this take? That's why I, I care. That's I why, care yeah. Mary Kay, Tony Grossi, and I know Jerry Burris does. I, I care. Well, I don't care. I can't stand. I can't stand the takes that you see in the paper. It's there's nothing else to do but just to fill up spots in that in that exactly. Rag. That's it. It's trash. It's trash. I was watching Sashi Brown's uh, news conference, and you should have just he, he he didn't. He was like, "I'm not going to address rumors. I'm not going to address hearsay. None of that has any type of backing." And he was just done with. It. He's like, "No." No, no. We can't, get, we can't get the Cleveland media to tell us who's been in for visits. Instead, they want to talk about cockamamie trade ideas. This is the stuff that's frustrating and pissing exactly. me off. That should be their like, number tell one me thing. Who's in for visits? Tell me you exactly. know, how many, where are we going to camp? Which which uh, pro days are we going to? Who's who's actually going to those pro days? That's so it. Give me some concrete information <laughs> so I can actually deduce some. It's stuff. not. It's not like that information isn't out there. You go to the right website, you can see it. That's you can the read problem. It. It's, it's not. It's just not brought up. It's not talked that's, about. That's right. That's and they, right. It's, they, it's their failure to do any type of homework or due diligence. Like, Luke, you don't have this in Boston because there's just more coverage. We got three or four people that are controlling all the inflow innuendo. And that's all it is, is just rumor and innuendo to fit their agenda or to kind of grease some kind of article that they came up with just out of thin air. It's just super frustrating. Okay, okay, so and, I got and this that's right and now. that's that that's that. Oh God, more more Browns bitch. Okay, that's that's the five minutes. Let's get back on well, no, topic. Here like we Mark go. Said. Last thing, really quick, I'll tell you who's visited the Browns really quick because I have it up in front. Walter Football has every single team. Luke, I can tell you after this who New England's had visit as well. The Browns have had a defensive end from Western Michigan. I'll just go over the notable names: Ryan Anderson, Alabama; Anzalone, Florida. Uh, Tyus Bowser, Gary Conley, Dalvin Cook, Corey Davis, Josh Dobbs, Malachi Dupree. Um, they've had a ton of guys. Evan Ingram, Dan Feeney, uh, Tony Garcia that I really like, Miles Garrett, uh, O.J. Howard, Malik Hooker, Kareem Hunt, Adoree Jackson. They've had a ton of guys come in for a visit. The list goes on. I mean, I swear to God, the Browns have a larger list than anyone on this. 
And then New England. Luke, would you like to know a couple guys that New England's had on visits? Let's hear it. Oh, yeah, you just you, you love that itch. <laughs> you love that itch. He wants to know what special right. teams player is going to be in the building. Yeah, right. Seriously. Hey, so, they look, have Ben Gideon. Listen, I don't even know if the Patriots are going to have a pick until day three. So let's let's yeah, focus on point. let's focus on the mock draft and what we came here to talk about and and look at back in line, Luke. First, go. looking forward to the first two rounds of the NFL draft. Sean, like I said, you've been releasing mock drafts left and right. Um, what are some of the surprises you found yourself um, when putting together this mock draft? Is there anybody that really stands out as either a great value in the first or second round, or this guy's getting overhyped way too much? Um, and is there maybe a player that you think could be a sleeper? I'll save our uh, favorite Ohio State corner for Mark because I'll, I'll let him take that one. But uh, I would say one, there's probably three themes. The first one, some of these guys that are slipping. What are you doing? You have – Two months, three months not to do dumb shit, and you still go do dumb shit. It's just baffling <laughs> what goes through some of these guys' heads. Secondly, is the well, stuff and t- with- talk and talk about talk about those the three players that I think okay, are. So we got are- we got Foster, we got Peppers that came out today. We got Caleb Brantley over the weekend. He knocked out a, a woman's molar. Um, <laughs> I'm not laughing. Peppers, at that. Peppers. Apparently, his agent said he drank. 10 liters of water the night before uh, he's the, the these guys are which thirsty. I don't even I can't even drink a glass of water without having to piss the bed at 4 a.m. now. I don't even know how that <laughs> happens. Said he fought under the water even though he was doing backflips and acting like a goofball around the all right, around right, Indianapolis. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like like whatever he smoked was laced with something. And then and then Foster who got into a fight at the combine got kicked out. Reuben Foster. Then he actually tested positive for marijuana, went ahead and got out in front of the shit storm by actually telling it and going public with it um, that he had tested positive. This was a guy that I thought was legitimately top 10, back end of the top 10, um, but could be there at Cleveland, New, uh, New Orleans, Arizona. Like, always felt like those three teams were not going to allow him to pass. I think he might pass those teams. And now you got to come into question, like, is he going to go into the protocol program? Like, could he slip all the way to the back end of the first and become a steal for someone? Or are there enough idiot flags here that, gosh, I don't want to deal with another Josh Gordon? Mark, I know you've got a take on this. Yeah, I, I, I'm just done with it. The sad thing is these guys got talent, but you just don't want them on their team. You don't want to deal with them. You don't want to have it happen where they get a little suspension because if they're testing positive now, what's going to say that they're not going to test positive early on and get the eight-game suspension? And once they get to level two, they get suspended. So it's not worth it. I wouldn't take any of these guys. Um, It's simple as that, and I like some. I mean, think of it this way. They just got tested one time at the Combine, once. Now, if they roll into the program, they get the Josh Gordon treatment of testing, which is basically what any time literally that that the NFL calls within 24 hours or 48 hours like those guys didn't pass that and they knew it was coming. Listen, I'm just mad that we didn't get a good Laramie Tunsil 2.0 oh, and have, the, have this all release, you know, in the middle of draft night. Luke, that's but, what's hey, that's that's, still that's, in play. That is absolutely in play, and that is what Cleveland Browns fans fear the most about Miles Garrett is what's going to come out, you know, 15 minutes before on the on right. you know late breaking news that he's wearing a gas mask with a bong attached. Like it I don't could worry happen. about that with Miles Garrett. It is at crazy. All. You're right. You're, you're right. I don't worry about. We're that holding our breath up until that that card is placed <laughs> up on the, the desk. Uh, yeah, I don't, 
I'm not sweating it on Miles Garrett. I'm not sweating it on some of these other guys. I, so back to my storylines. The second one is is some of is the Cook slipping, McCaffrey peaking, Fournette top five. Are those three running backs playing out that way, or is this just a bunch of smoke and garbage? And you know, teams in the low teens or mid teens like Cook, they're going to jump at him, and the McCaffrey thing's a little bit of a red herring, and people realize that Leonard Fournette. Maybe it'd be a little bit too much hype and not enough uh, substance over over his career at LSU. So, what what happens there? And then also, you know, there's a ton of corners. There's this narrative that this is a super deep draft. It's really, it's certainly not offensively deep. I think there's some gems sprinkled throughout, but you know, how, what's the theme? Where it's, if it's a fantasy draft, when do the run on corners start? When do the run on on you know linebackers start um when do the offensive linemen maybe come into play where are the receivers like so how does the flow of this go in in spots yeah and and uh, let's go back to the running backs real quick and then we'll jump on cornerbacks i i think i think what you're saying with the the mccaffrey meteoric rise and the dalvin cook huge slip I think we're going to find something in the middle. I think both players will end up going towards the middle to the end of the first round. Um, for example, you know, we talked about the over-unders that we have going on, and Mark and I, we have the over-under on Christian McCaffrey set at 14 and a half, and I think he's going over. Chiefs round 27, and Mark likes him right at 14 with Philadelphia. Uh, in your mock draft, Sean, you have him going as early as uh, – where is it? Where's McCaffrey? He's eight, okay? So, yeah, eight to – to Carolina, which I think that's a good fit for him, but I feel like that's really, really early um, for a player who feels the need to speed up his videos that he posts on Instagram. Uh, yeah, we called that out. You could tell <laughs> by the ticker. Uh, yeah. Jerry, where do you got McCaffrey? I'm McCaffrey at 11. Uh, he's my second running back going. I have Fournette going at Carolina at 8. And that, You're and- high if you think the New Orleans Saints are taking a running back in the first round. Well, they just signed – Adrian Peterson. Well, literally, I did the mock this morning. And he has a kid. You think yeah. he knows that they just signed Adrian Peterson? <laughs> <laughs> but I don't. I don't care. Let, Man, New hey, Orleans really New Orleans has, I got to respect that. Brutal. New Orleans has the worst defense I've ever seen. I know Three. New Hampshire high school teams that have better defenses than the New Orleans Saints. They are that's not bad taking take. an offensive that's player a, that's in an the first take. two Jerry rounds. Burst. Jerry Burst likes to get up and down. Like he coaches it up. That's why he loves <laughs> why David Mahomes so much, Mark. It's he not, loves offense. Listen, he, it it's is why not he, he wants to be Cliff Kingsbury's. Uh, I don't know, towel boy. I'll be, his, I'll be his grad assistant right now. Give me a call. <laughs> okay, so explain to me. Then tell me. Okay, I literally sell I literally, me on why McCaffrey's going to the Saints. I literally took. To I literally took that before the. He wants season. to change it. Yes, it, clearly I would redo that. <laughs> but I made the mock draft this morning, nine a.m., and then the news came out what two thirty. I never had a chance to update it. So well, but but, but at but the moment, honest- at the moment before they took AP. I thought he's their kind of their do it all Darren Sproles guy. He could be on the field for a lot of different positions inside slot. He could play third down running back, uh, back out of the back. Can he tackle anyone? No, no, he can't. He's 205 (laughs) pounds and speeds up his Instagram videos. (laughs) But he still could be the jack of all trades guy, even if Adrian Peterson's there. I just think that even if if the, the Saints didn't. Uh, sign Peterson. I just don't see any reason why they would 
bring in an offensive player when that defense was historically bad last year. You know, if you have him going 11, you have other guys who are very available. Um, you know, obviously we talked about, you know, Lattimore, um, Humphrey, the both cornerbacks, which they could absolutely use a cornerback if they don't trade for Malcolm Butler. Right. And we'll talk about that later. So, but so Luke, this is what I've got. They got three picks in the top 43. I've yeah. got first Humphrey, Alabama corner can play some safety. I got Bubba Baker, safety Washington, that can play in the nickel, too. He's a cover safety, a little Tyron Matthew-type type, type uh, ball hawk, a little smallish, but plays Bubba? that way. Is it Buddha or Bubba? <laughs> Buddha. Who cares? I, well, Bubba Baker's the barbecued ribs <laughs> yeah. guy up here in Cleveland. That's right. Um, and then Common mistake. at 43, I got Zach Cunningham, inside linebacker. I think he gets bumped into the inside. Mark's not a huge fan of him. But I, I've got him. What that is is that's all in the back seven. Fix that. I think that's where the three three draft pick focus should be for them. They need to fix the defense. That offense is good enough to still average 25, uh, 24, 25 points a game with, with the personnel they have. Um, I think it's a no-brainer they do that uh, unless they see maybe add an offensive lineman. I agree. I agree. Mark, I mean, what's your take on the whole Saints debacle and what they plan on doing on defense or in the draft? They got to get an edge rusher. They just got to get someone to plug the middle that has some athleticism. Who knows? They could also look at the Atlanta Falcons style and get some of those athletic as hell linebackers that can guard some wide receivers out of the out of, out of the uh out of the slot, you know, I liked what they really did with their linebackers. Atlanta, Atlanta didn't have a great defense, but they got a lot of speed. I think that's the route New Orleans probably has to go in that division. But in and, your mock, uh, you, you've got our favorite corner from Ohio State. Who's that? Yeah, absolutely. I got Gary on Conley in, in there because I, I, I think they they attack that that secondary. They get some speed and athleticism to guard guys, especially in that division. I got them taking Conley, and I got them taking Peppers. And if they can get those two guys, you got to say to yourself, that's going to help. And then I got Bowser, an athletic outside linebacker that gets out and guards people. So there's three people that guard people, and it can help them out. Not so they're, 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 with they're obviously guys Mario not going to build in. Not to be mistaken. Sean they're not going to build in. They're not going to build in from the inside guys and get strong enough, FYI. Their, their, their D-line is not good enough to add a piece or two that are rookies and be able to all of a sudden change it to a physical style. So the only other way around that is to get some speed on the outside and try to, you know, get the guys to run with them a little longer and, and establish a longer pass rush. I got to ask you guys something about Conley. When was the point where Lattimore dropped this severely? I mean, cause he was ranked as high as the second round pick in some mock drafts and now Conley oh, second overall pick. Sec- yeah, yeah, second he was never pick. that high ever. I've, 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 I've been, I've, you, you quoted better Walter than football. him. All you quoted Walter football earlier, Mark. I've seen it twice where he was the second pick overall to San Francisco. Me? I've never done that. I no, don't not like you. Lattimore. Not you. That website had them. <laughs> no, 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 Jerry. I'm with you. I I literally think it's because he ran a four three, and he had all the interceptions. And I don't. I think you. When you look at from a coaching perspective, how they set up Conley and how he he pressed coverage, like. I think it, it's more of a nuanced thing versus, yeah. oh, look at these stats uh, and, and these websites and things just fall in love with that. And then the attributes, obviously Lattimore's going to test great, but he can't even run a second 40 without pulling something. And he, I, I think there's something to the hamstring. Yeah, Mark's got him ranked higher. Todd McShay ranked him higher, but I've seen it the other way too, and I've seen Lattimore. Well, Mark, Mark doesn't. 
deep down, if you if you pin Mark down, he knows who he likes more. I'll tell you this. Here, here's why I like Conley and, and, and Lattimore from watching them play. When you're watching Lattimore's highlights, his highlights are because he's in the zone coverage. He's on tip balls. He's in the background of things. Now, he does stay well in the back pocket, which is not a bad thing. When you watch Conley play, he makes plays on the ball. He's taller. He's bigger. He's more durable. Um, that's I like him in all sense of that. I think he's more physical. You know, Lattimore just doesn't do it for me. And then this hamstring thing, yeah, that is something for me. But you so have him drafted I'll take before Conley. Conley. Yeah, I do because you know why? <laughs> I think teams will fall in love with that speed and those measurables and and stuff. But I don't. I personally don't think that he's a better player than Gary on Conley. Okay, so I don't either. I'm the exact speaking same of, way. Speaking of speed and a player that I think is all over the map, and Sean, you got John Ross who ran a four two two forty going in the second round. Um, Mark and I were looking at an over under. For Ross of 26 and a half. And I took the under with him going to the Lions at 21. I think he'd be a great fit there. Uh, you, Like I said, you have him going in the second round, I believe. Uh, to 38, San, San Diego. Your, your San team Diego. that needs a receiver. They absolutely do need a receiver. I Yes, they do. Um, they might be taking a receiver in the first half of the first round. But um, why are you so low on John Ross? I, I kind of agree with you, I think. Uh, I don't think that he's really a second-round pick. I think he's more of the back end of the first round, hence why I have him going to the Lions. But you seem a lot lower on him than, than most mocks I've looked at. What, what's your thought process on I that? I just think when push comes to shove, that whether it's scouts or just anything, I, he's supposed to run fast. And yeah, it translates on on the field like he's fast, but he also you know he didn't light the world on fire against Alabama either. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know, I just I, I look at Tavon Austin. He's not Steve Smith. Maybe he 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 can develop somewhere in between those two. I just it's a little gimmicky to me. And, and I mean, would I want him on the Browns? Not even at thirty three. I mean, maybe yeah. at fifty two. And he's he's got some Taylor Gabriel, but. I don't know. He just, I, I don't, he doesn't click with me. I think history has shown that receivers that size, like he's supposed to run super fast. And right. if he ran a 4-3, would he be back in the mid-second then? Or, or if he ran a 4-4, would he be back in the mid-second? Yeah, probably. So we're splitting hairs over a, a, a step. Like, I, I don't know. It just, it's a little too quirky for me. I, I agree with that. Um and we also have to consider that he's had four major injuries in college, including a torn ACL. So I'm not going to say injury prone by any means, but he does have some baggage along with him. So, you know, I've seen him as high as literally 10th overall to the Bills. And from a fantasy football standpoint, I say if any of the major receivers are going to go to the Bills, please let it be John Ross because I just, I'm not sold on him being a star in the NFL. Yeah, he might have some highlight games, he might be fast, but it just seems like he's going to be an outside burner every time I see him compared to a player. To Deshaun Jackson, and we've all been on that roller coaster when it comes to fantasy football. And sometimes it's great, and other times it's absolutely terrible. Um, but Man, sticking I, with the receivers, I don't see Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson just uh, the quickness, just side to side, just seems a lot better than John Ross. Yeah, but sticking with the receivers, uh, Mark, our over under for Corey Davis and Mike Williams is both set at sixteen and a half. They, other than John Ross, these are the, the trio of the top three wide receivers in what I've heard described as the worst wide receiver draft in a long time. Um, 
these are the other two guys available. So Corey Davis came from Western Michigan. He, you know, didn't face a ton of stiff competition. Mike Williams is your prototypical number one wide receiver. Went to uh, Clemson, won a national championship, uh, dominated with Deshaun Watson. Where is your where where are you taking Mike Williams and Corey Davis, Mark? Well, I'll just give you the lowdown on what I think of those guys because I think it's really hard to say where they're going to go because there's a couple of teams in the top ten that have needs. But Mike Williams doesn't have the separation ability. He didn't really even have the separation ability when it came to college. But he, the one thing he does is he makes plays on the ball, especially his jump ball abilities where he's really strong there. Now, is he going to be able to get to that in the NFL? You know, the way the NFL was refed, he, he might be able to because the NFL – you know, the receivers aren't touched. So Mike Williams is a better option than me. Corey Davis had a problem with drops in Western Michigan. Uh, he's, a, he's a solid player. He didn't really need to work out and do all this stuff. People freaking out about his injury. He had surgery in the offseason like he was supposed to. Teams knew that going in. So a team's just going to have to watch the film of Corey Davis and fall in love with him and say they really like him. But he's a solid route runner, good receiver, a little bit more prototypical, a little bit more ability to get space. Uh, than, than Williams does from Clemson. So um, you can flip a coin on these guys. I think people will love the Williams film on the jump balls and stuff and end up taking him first. But Davis will be shortly thereafter. Jerry, yeah, what's your take on the top receivers? I think it's Williams one, obviously. Um, I have Williams going to the San Diego Chargers. I think that it's a good fit for him. Tall guy, physical. Um, the neck thing is obviously not an issue anymore. After that, Davis doesn't excite me that much. I think what Mark said was kind of spot on with the the drop stuff. The production is there, but it's also you know you have to take into account the MAC, um, how how good are these defenses? But you know Tennessee could use him. I have him going down eighteen, so I think that's kind of his wheelhouse is late, you know sixteen to twenty somewhere in there. Washington possibly. Yeah, it seems like the the, the Titans, maybe the Cardinals, um, and I think the Chargers are a great fit. And Sean, you don't, so tell me why. Uh, <laughs> uh, How about no? Uh, I, I got Malik Hooker to San Diego. I think it's the natural replacement to Eric Weddle, who they didn't have last year, and I think it'll allow them to to round out what is a nice, young, promising defense with Bosa, a Melvin Ingram. You get a back end guy. Now you start to kind of piece some things together and, and build there. The offense can still put up points, um, particularly as they get their receivers back healthy. And as I've said, I got John Ross going and gives them a nice option next to Keenan Allen and um, the uh, the other, what, Alexander? Who's who's the other? Tyrell Williams. Receiver? Yeah, there you go. So those two guys on the outside, Ross in the slot. You got uh, Henry and Gates still there. I like that offense and, and adding it there. They still need a lineman or two, but, you know, they they kind of still suck too, so it doesn't really <laughs> matter. But I like Malik Hooker or Jamal Adams. Personally, I like Hooker better, but I think Adams goes before because he's a quote-unquote safer pick. I think uh, I, I saw some rumors, and, you know, again, they're just rumors. It's just Twitter fingers of Corey Davis potentially slipping all the way to the back end of the first round. And maybe, just maybe, the Packers getting their hands on him. And, and that's just a fantasy footballer's dream. Uh, you know, Jordy Nelson's getting older. Uh, Devontae Adams is going to be in a walk year soon. And Randall Cobb has not been a reliable option the past two years. So if somehow, some way, a receiver slips to the Packers, I think that is 
the most ideal landing spot for fantasy football. But we'll find out how that ends up on Thursday. Um, I think we're going to end up seeing at least two wide receivers go in the first round. John Ross could slip into it as a third receiver taken, but like Mark said, flip a coin on Corey Davis and Mike Williams. And, um, you know, I think both these guys will be solid receivers in the NFL. We're going to switch over to another position here and a position that's been talked about in the mainstream media, not only in the beautiful downtown Cleveland by the, you know, the Tony Grossies and the Mary Kay Cabots of the world, but also throughout the rest of the, the NFL um, quarterback. Quarterback is a hot button issue this season because you have the the pedigree, the champion Deshaun Watson, you have the unknown but high potential with uh, Mitchell Trubisky, and then you have other guys like Davis Webb, um, uh, Deshaun Kaiser, and Pat Mahomes. So, Jerry, you're the quarterback guy here, and we know who you like, but I want you to tell all the masses, all the NEG pod followers, all the Serbians who your favorite quarterback of the draft is and who you want to see the Browns take. You can go ahead and mute my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's preface it with this. I we, we mentioned earlier in the pod, there is a lot of defensive talent to be had in this draft. And if the Browns waste their first round by not taking somebody that can play day one, then it's I feel like they've wasted a fir- the first round completely. Both both one and twelve have to hit, right? And there's not a quarterback I think that can help the Browns this year. There's not that NFL ready guy. Um, so to me, they all kind of are the same. You know, you said it right there. Deshaun Watson has a championship pedigree, but I don't know the last national championship winning quarterback to have a successful career in the NFL right now. Like since the the spread being so popular, I can't name one. Now that being said, who has the most physical upside of those guys you just listed? Go. I'll wait. Go ahead. I'll wait. You'll be waiting for a while, so why don't you just go ahead and tell us? It's Pat Mahomes. <laughs> guys, guys, Uncle Rico can throw a goddamn mile, all right? So why not take a guy with physical attributes that no one else has and take that molded a couple years because we're rebuilding anyway and see what you have. Because let's, let's I agree. I like Jar- Mar- I like Jamarcus Russell too. Well, that's different. <laughs> that you know, this is not a kid. This is not a kid who's you know drinking lean. Um and and hanging out with his boys because he got paid forty six million off the rip. This is a guy who's on the rookie salary scale. He's going to be drafted in the second, fair. second or third round. He's got to work for it. Um, and I think he's got a little bit of that dog in him that says, you know, I'm the guy with a chip on my shoulder. Nobody wanted me. I love that. I think he could. I think he could fall even as far as the third round, and I'd still take him. So, and I to be honest, I think the Browns need to draft two quarterbacks. Um, there's you know. We could get a, a Josh Dobbs. Okay, okay, wait. Mary Kay Cabot. Oh. <laughs> Not at one and twelve though. Let's just let's stay away from that one. But that's my Bruce, take. You want us to draft two quarterbacks? <laughs> What's going to happen to your boy Brock? Please, Brock, elaborate. What's going to happen to your boy Brock? All I'm going to oh. say is I'm not going to buy a Brock Osweiler jersey. Uh, okay, really quick though, we ain't taking four piles of shit into an active roster. <laughs> okay, so if we're Kessler's making the team, that's a fact. Take Brock Osweiler's making the team this year. That's a fact. He they just said to, it yeah. at the news conference. That's fine. So you're gonna you're gonna take four quarter. You're gonna have two four quarterbacks on the active roster. Well, obviously one of them wouldn't make the active roster and be on the practice squad. He'll get picked up by another team. He could. Yeah, come on, Jerry. Just <laughs> get off of it. 
I'm telling you. I'm telling hey, you right is, now. Hey, Ben Burris is killing Jared <laughs> Burris right now. Mahomes. Blau, blau. Well, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna well, hang yeah. up and I'll let you discuss. <laughs> I'll hang up for the first time, long time. <laughs> well, you didn't uh, talk about, Desha- about Deshaun Kaiser though. I want to, I want to make one uh, amendment to Jerry's thing. If OJ Howard is there at twelve, OJ Howard is the pick. I okay, agree. I I don't think he's there. But you you said defensively, which I agree with you to an extent, and that exception being OJ Howard. Yes. I think though quarterback is available there if it's Watson or Trubisky I think the Browns are like they're going to pressure themselves into taking someone there at 12 one of those two I don't agree with it but that's what I think. yeah I, I agree but that makes me sick to my stomach because yeah, I just yeah, want anyone but that none of those quarterbacks let's get to, are, are ready day are going to be ready for day one so that, why that's, wait that's a different no. point that's a different point no. than what that's, we're not arguing I don't want a quarterback there I'm saying the it will be just a level of pressure, and I think the way they have it skewed is is they, they value quarterback. So it's going to make too much sense from the analytical point of view for them not to take a quarterback there, unfortunately. Luke did not want us to spin this into a Browns thing, so I'm going to stay off the Browns thing <laughs> for you, Luke. No, I don't, I don't but, mind uh, it. I, like, I think the, the Browns are major players when it comes to when it comes to quarterbacks, and we're talking about quarterbacks. So I think I'm, with, <laughs> I'm with Nick Schilling, our, our, our college pod and baseball pod extraordinaire and wrestling guru. I'd like Davis Webb. Davis Webb is is like he's kind of a little under the radar. I think he's back into the first round at more than likely, you know, front end first 10 picks of the second round. I think that's where he goes. I think he's very real possibility at 33. If the Browns stick to their due diligence, they had him in the senior bowl. I think they they had to have really, really gotten a chance to know him. If they they start, take if they take Davis Webb at 33, I'm going to vomit. I'm going to Me vomit. Me too. I'm going to vomit. If he was so good, why didn't he start over your boy Josh Dobbs? I mean, who cares who starts the senior bowl? They saw him practice. I know, but I, at 33, we're going to take Davis Webb. If they like Davis Webb, you better take him at 33. <laughs> no. Crickets, dude. No. We ain't, no. <laughs> If no. they like, you, you, are you guys? You guys can't get this through your head. Yeah, if, and if they, I like, like RuPaul, like then, then I'll watch her show. <laughs> <laughs> get out of here with this! If we like someone, we'll take him. Yeah, I get that because he's going to be gone after it. But I, you, your first point was a valid point, Sean. That they're going to feel the pressure at twelve to do something. And I agree one hundred percent because if you look at what I just sent you guys, they worked out. They did more workouts on Watson and Trubisky and Miles Garrett than they did any other player. They, they worked those guys out extensively three different times. Yeah, um, they, they had multiple meetings with them and everything. So you got to think that they're going to – and they also did Tack McKinley. So those are the four players that they worked out the most. So they were probably saying McKinley to themselves, we're getting a DN. They're probably saying to themselves, we're getting a D-end and we're getting a quarterback. We can either go Trubisky at one and go uh, Tack McKinley at 12, which I don't agree with, but that's what they're thinking, or we can go Garrett at one and and Watson at 12. So they're lo- they're going to look at one of these quarterbacks and try to plug them and play them right into that position. 
That works out well. Ask Christian Ponder, Blaine Gabbert, and the rest no, of Luke, the... No, uh, Luke, I, I actually think it works out terrible. And yeah. and the only guy in this whole whole draft that I think is actually going to be a decent quarterback out of all of them is Kaiser because I'm the only guy that thinks that once he gets his feet set a little bit more, I think he has the body type to do it. Um, and I think he's not an out of control player. That's my thing. Like I don't well, want to see an out of control player. He's to got me, Tom Mahomes Brady's, is an addict. Say what? Kaiser's got Tom Brady's brain and Cam Newton's body. So I mean, the guy's gonna be an All Pro from day one. Well, yeah, I'm not jumping on any of those bandwagons. <laughs> I think Mahomes is too out of control for me. The off-balance stuff. He just reminds me of Mike McMahon and an old Rutgers quarterback. <laughs> I think Trubisky, you can't tell me Trubisky's good. If, if, for instance, he could not beat out, he, he just flat out could not beat out the Williams, Mar- Mar- Marquise Williams that they had before him. And then Watson is kind of a mystery, but he, He's not a consistent thrower, and I don't want him throwing the ball off the the lakes of uh, off Lake Erie. I know that. So, but who knows? Like the so analytic Luke, guys could see him and say, "Boom, we'll, take we'll Watson." Come, Luke, let me come up with this. Uh, I think I've asked it like the last three pods we've done <laughs> draft talk. Um, Browns twelfth pick for Jimmy G. You doing it? Me personally, yes, I would do that in a heartbeat. Bill is that Belichick. The only way that the Pats get into the first round, or what are we looking at here with the Saints? Is the Butler deal dead? I'm pretty sure the Butler deal is dead. So um, obviously the Patriots traded the 32nd overall pick, and I believe a fourth round pick for Brandon Cooks. And when that happened, it was kind of known the other shoe was going to drop that. Um, the Patriots would eventually trade Malcolm Butler after he signed the tender to the um, Saints for the 32nd overall pick back, but. Sounds like that Butler's really struggled um, to reach a long-term agreement with the Saints. He wants too much guaranteed money. Um, he's trying to get paid like an unrestricted free agent when he's obviously still a restricted free agent. So that's been a huge thorn in the side of the negotiations. Um, so the way it's looking right now, I don't think the Patriots are going to be in the first round. And uh, I, hey, you know what? I'll take it because that means that they're going to have Stephon Gilmore and Malcolm Butler for at least one year, uh, which I think will probably form – the best one-two combination at cornerback um, in the NFL. So I, I'm still torn on what exactly they're doing with Garoppolo. And, you know, maybe you guys can try to shed some light into it because the way I see it, if Brady's saying that he's going to play another four to five more years, why are you keeping Jimmy Garoppolo when you're going to have to pay him $20 million uh, well, on the franchise tag next year? Well, that, And we got this question on Twitter. Uh, a, a follower uh, was it Kev, Kevin Kovach hit us up with the same question, and I think you know you Luke, you and I took the answer on it, but I think we're all three on the same page. Like it doesn't make a lot of sense unless no. 2019 Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback. Like you could, they can get away with it next year by doing a tag and and absorbing that because of what Brady makes. Right. But then the year after that, the tag then becomes like a 25% kicker. Right. And then it, it just it doesn't make sense then. So that's well, the only explanation I can come to is that they think he's the long-term quarterback, which means Tom Brady isn't quarterback of the Patriots in the next after next year or the year after. Like it, it just has to run its course. Right. And Tom Brady is God. Yes, he, he is. He will be but... the quarterback for as long as he wants. <laughs> 
the one thing you have to consider too is you can carry over cap space you didn't use and the Patriots right now are like 18 million under the cap so I'm curious if they're going to try to save some of their cap space this year in order to float Brady and Garoppolo's contracts next year um because you're right, Mark. I don't think that Brady Brady will be the quarterback for the Patriots for as long as he wants. I think he's coming out and saying that he's got four to five more years, but really he knows that maybe 2018 is his last year. And at, at some point, his body is going to fall apart and he will not be able to do what he does. Um, he's going to be a half second slower and those plays that where he gets away from a defensive end. He's not going to be able to do that anymore. He's going to take one hit too many, and that's just going to be it. And it, it's, a, it's a reality that the New Englanders, I don't think we're ready to face it just yet. But if you have common sense, you have to see it coming down the pike. So, um, you know, to wrap it up, the only way I see the Patriots getting into the first round is if the Browns blow them away with an offer and say, take one, take 12, and take, you know, a 2018 first. And if anybody would what? ever even no. propose that, then they are – crazy so that just is it goes to show you that it ain't going to happen and if the saints decide that they want to pay malcolm butler five years 65 million dollars with 40 million guaranteed and give up a first round pick for him then that's the way the patriots will get into the first round because other than that i think you're going to be waiting for the third round because they moved out of the second round for um coney ely they traded their second round pick they will give you a fifth rounder for giselle well, we, we are, gave up our fifth rounder for Mike Gillisley, so pretty close, pretty close. Um, but they, they your, might your tenth well, running back. <laughs> he's he's the blunt the blunt guy now. But uh, yeah, you know this is usually a slow time for the Patriots, but I'm still on cloud nine about the Brandon Cooks trade. I love him. I think he's going to be awesome for the Patriots and uh, well worth giving up 32 overall for for Brandon Cooks, who could be a difference maker um, on an already loaded. Patriots team. So, before we wrap up, do you guys have any more thoughts on just how the first round is going to play out? I mean, obviously, we talked a lot of quarterbacks with the Browns. Deshaun Watson to the Jets is that a legit opportunity? Will the will the Cardinals take a quarterback thirteenth overall because Carson Palmer is looking like he's about two hits away from retirement? I mean, what are your thoughts on quarterbacks maybe going somewhere else other than Cleveland? Well, I have. Trubisky going to the Jets. Um, he's my first quarterback off the board. I think they need a quarterback. They need a guy to be the face, um, and he he could definitely do be that guy. And if you put him versus Watson, you know, in in shorts and let him throw all all spring like we've been watching, I think he wins against Deshaun Watson. So that's that's our first quarterback off the board. Um, and then I still am going to go with my boy uh, Pat Mahomes. He's going to be a Friday draft pick. He won't okay. be there on Friday. Three quarterbacks get taken in the first round. Uh, Mahomes at to Houston. Um, I think the Browns end up with uh, with one of them, and I think the Jets end up with the other. With an outside chance that the Bills jump the Browns and allow the Browns to end up with OJ Howard potentially. Okay, Mark, what are your thoughts? I'll take two quarterbacks in the first round. That's uh, there's just Trubisky and Watson. I I don't think either of uh, anyone else goes in the first round. I think Kaiser will go second round to Arizona. Um, the Browns are going to feel pressure. Trubisky might get off there, um, but I don't think 
I don't think Mahomes is going to go in the first round. I just I don't think Mahomes is going to go much in the second either until the back end. Okay. All right. So, what the somebody, hell is that? <laughs> somebody whisked away Mahomes' career already. Um, so, anyways, so draft is Thursday night. We'll be sure to be tweeting uh, live tweeting the draft at our Twitter handle at Glory Podcast. Check out our college football Twitter handle at NEGPodCFB. I'm sure they'll be tweeting as well. And then on Facebook, we might try to uh, you know surprise you guys with a Facebook live feed of. One Russ Phillips reclining while oh, watching yeah. the draft. Oh, we're going to the um, we're going to the new Phillips compound. Um, right, I, I hear there's going to be some tasty treats he's preparing. Uh, tasty this, treats, yeah. This place is and he'll be re- old money, Rusty Phillips. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he just works a point in or two. Oh, he'll be reclining. He'll, be he'll reclined. have his. He'll have his his, uh, his spitter to his side. But, uh, yeah, we'll be sure to make sure that we keep you guys locked and loaded with all the information. Any trades happen, we'll be sure to tweet them out. We'll be sure to post them on Facebook. Find us, uh, Never Ending Glory Podcast. Subscribe on iTunes. Like us. Rate us. Tell all your friends. Uh, same goes with SoundCloud. Just type in Never Ending Glory Podcast in the search bar. You'll be sure to find us. Um, but we're looking forward to the NFL season. Uh, 2017 is upon us. We just finished free agency. Adrian Peterson is now apparently New Orleans Saint. The the former greatest running back of our generation could only get $3 million to play with the Saints. I mentioned on Twitter how terrible of a signing that was considering he's one of the worst running backs out of shotgun. And uh, the Saints, they run a lot of shotguns. So be very interesting to see how they end up using him. I mentioned Mike Gillisley's new running back in New England. The Garrett Blunt's still without a home. So free agent moves will be made uh, that will impact your fantasy teams as well as your favorite football team. Um, but again, be sure to keep it, keep us locked at Twitter, uh, at glory podcast and on Facebook. And we'll keep you up to date with the latest moves, transactions throughout draft weekend. And Luke, um, don't gentlemen, drink, don't drink too much water. Apparently it's bad. So keep I, I don't want to get to that. Well, you gentlemen have a wonderful night and, uh, we'll talk football next week. Thanks. Money, not money. <laughs> <laughs>